Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, Dr. Dan here. Welcome to the show. We're here in St. Thomas, Missouri. We're at Osage Veterinary Clinic with Dr. Ray Stegman. And uh, we're gonna have a great show. We're gonna talk about heifer development and a lot of different things with Dr. Stegman. He's a member of the PAC organization. We met through the executive vet program, but he's just been a wealth of knowledge and a great colleague, so stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm here with a friend and colleague, Dr. Ray Stegman, and we're down in central Missouri. Yep. And uh, we're here in St. Thomas, Missouri at his clinic, Osage Veterinary Clinic. And, and so uh, just a pleasure. I've, we've interacted at so many different meetings, whether it's Academy of Vet Consultants or EVP or, you know, different things of like that. And now with PAC, um, it's just uh, really cool to come and see where you live and where you work. And, and uh, tell us a little bit about your clinic. Well, um, our clinic was initially built in 1970. Um, by, by Dr. Markway. And I've, I came in and purchased the clinic in 91, fall of 91, and, and have grown it since then. Uh, it's a mixed animal practice. We have uh, three veterinarians, and uh, it, it's, it's very busy. We, we're predominantly large animal, uh, a true mixed practice, because we have, still have some swine and dairy and it's mainly beef cow calf but uh, we do seed stock and some feedlot so it's it's very mixed it's awesome it's beautiful country lots of cows in the area um, and so this really is cow country and we're going to talk about heifer development today yes yes that's that's a big part of uh, cow calf practice is heifer development yep. just knowing when to keep a heifer and, and when not to and uh, just First of all, just knowing whether you should or not. Um, some, some latest work out of Nebraska with Rick Funkton mentioned that we need to have at least 200 cows to be able to feasibly keep your own heifers back. So, and that's something we go by and it's, it's through, you know, entirely through economics of, of developing a heifer because you get a lot of money stuck into a heifer and a lot of time. So if a producer was just starting out it would be advised or advisable to go ahead and and buy your replacement heifers, your bred heifers, at that time, rather than keep them back your own. Yes, at this time, and in this area, and in Missouri, we have a lot of family farms, yep. which it's been tradition to keep heifers back. They know the mothers, they know everything about them, and so uh, it's tradition, and and just can't hardly argue with it because they know they're mama cows and on back 50 years. So, so it's, it's, you know, there, there is value in that. There sure is. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those things that when, when we start to talk about replacement heifers and, and thinking about, uh, keeping, what are some of the reasons that you think that Funston, when he's talking about that 200 head, what are some of the things that go into that kind of mindset that if you, if you aren't at that level, it's probably best to, to look outside. Well, I, I think we overlook the just the costs that go into developing a heifer, and the you know the 
extra pastures you need, you know, to keep a bull away from these heifers and, and raise these heifers separate uh, from the cow herd uh, and, and just an extra pasture that's needed. So, you know, I, I think a lot of it's the economics that drive this. You bet. Well, let's take a break. We kind of got it teed up now. I think everybody's going to be interested in, in uh, hearing more as we talk about heifer development and some of the strategies that you work with with your clients. Folks, this is, this is a, a pleasure for me to be down here and spending time with a tremendous veterinarian, Dr. Stegman. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Ray Stegman and we're in St. Thomas, Missouri at Osage Veterinary Clinic. Uh, Dr. Stegman is a veterinarian and owner here and he's, he's one of those veterinarians that spends a lot of time uh, in the field working day to day in the clinic, um, but also takes the time to get out for professional development and to give back to our veterinary profession. I've always enjoyed the opportunities to spend with you and I learn something every time. That, that we're together. Uh, let's talk about, okay, so whether or not we have 200 head or not, we're gonna keep some heifers. So how do you help your clients decide which ones we might wanna keep? Well, first of all, we, we look at the heifers that we have most of the time, we evaluate them at weaning time. And we'd like to pick out the heifers that were born first in the calving season. It's so important to get the proper genetics uh, fertility is driven by genetics so much that it's very important to pick those heifers, the oldest ones that are born first. And then also we have to consider whether the mothers had gone through a stress or a drought whenever they were carrying that particular calf. Because fetal programming, they're finding here lately that uh, there's a lot to be said about fetal programming. If that mother cow goes through stress, during stage of her pregnancy, the calf that she has, the heifer calf that she has, may ne never develop into a productive cow. So that's something, you know, if we know the history back, that's something we can, we can look at it and use as part of our selection criteria. Yep, and that, and that upfront calf too, there's a higher likelihood that they're gonna hit the body weights that you want at the right time to, to breed and still be in the herd, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes, and, and the other thing, you know, you go back, you want to develop this heifer out, so we, we plan, we need to start planning actually during uh, the, the nursing phase. We, we don't want to, we don't want the heifer that's on the mother cow to get too fat. So we want to watch our starch in our, if we creep feed, we don't want too much starch. We don't want that calf too fat at weaning because that in itself may already set you back. Right. So that's one thing we look at. So, so we're looking up front, we're making sure that it was born to a mother that, that you know, that fetal programming, good nutrition, so that we have good uh, fetal development of that heifer. And then you're, then you're even monitoring, then it's the opposite, right? We're, we're trying to make sure they don't grow too much. So we're kind of pouring them coals to them uh, in utero, but then we're going to kind of say, hey, we, we don't need you to grow like a fat steer. Uh, when you're on your mom. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot to be said about the nice looking heifer, but we want her to do it on her own. We don't want to pour the feed to her and cover up some deficiencies she may have. 
Yep. So it's very so important. So then do you help some with the genetic selection then uh, even before? Because I would assume that, that picking the right bulls and the things to that nature might, might have an impact on the heifers that are going to be born. Yes, it is, it is very important to look at genetics. I think one of the problems with the beef industry today is that we're choosing heifers from the steer pool of genetics because we're choosing heifers out of carcass genetics. And it would be nice, there's opportunity in the beef industry to have maternal herds yep. to develop cows. You know, and, and that's going to be very important going forward. Yep, it's going to be awesome. Well, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about selecting those heifers heifer development right here in St. Thomas, Missouri with Dr. Ray Stegman. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. We're down here in St. Thomas, Missouri. We're here with Dr. Ray Stegman, who's the owner, operator, uh, practitioner here in this area, a uh, great veterinarian, colleague, friend, and uh, glad to have you here. Um, Let's talk a little bit about now we've weaned those heifers because we, we got them through the utero, we got them, we selected the early ones, we've got them weaned. Now, now what are some of the things you're going to do? Well, the next thing we're going to do once we have them weaned and lined out, uh, we like to develop them out on pasture. We like to develop them on, on the pasture that they're going, they're going to see as an adult cow. Um, you know, it's been shown they program themselves to, to be able to make a cow after you calve them the first time, they'll, they'll perform better and, and stay in the herd. Because there's so, been so many times that first preg check on that two-year-old, you're, you're culling out 20, 20 to 40%, and that just costs you a lot of money. So planning ahead, getting them developed on, on pasture, don't push them too hard with grain. You know, get the pound and a half, two pounds of gain a day to, to uh, meet your goal. And, and then um, once they've re reached the... 55 to 65 percent of their adult weight, which that is a, a moving number that most producers need to know the, the weight of their adult cows. And right. they'd be surprised how big some of these cows are getting. <laughs> Everybody has a thousand pound cow till they weigh them. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, and once, once we get them up to yearling, whenever they're, let's say, 45 days prior to breeding, we like to go through and, and do a pre-breeding exam. We'll do a reproductive tract score, either through ultrasound or, or manual palpation, and then measure the pelvis and make sure <clears throat> that the pelvis is at least 150 square centimeters. Uh, we don't want to set our bottom number too high. We don't want to say, well, my heifers need to be 180 square centimeters because then we're just selecting for a big cow. So we keep that number I think it was developed by Dr. David Patterson at, at Missouri. Yep. But anyway, keep that numbered around the 150 square centimeters of pelvic area. And then we, we track score them and anything that's three, fours, and fives will uh, are ready to set up to breed. And yep. So we can start them on uh, synchronization for breeding if needed. Uh, the twos and some of the threes will put them on feed to hopefully increase their track score within the next 20 to 40 days. They say it takes about 20 days to increase the track score. So when you're talking about a track score, just for someone who, who doesn't know, what, what exactly are you measuring? Actually go in and measure the size of the uterus. Uh, you can measure the uterine diameter 
and and each each score has a, a certain setting on what you need to reach. Uh, manual palpation, a lot of times you go by experience. Right. And so the the threes are are starting to cycle. The fours and fives are ready to breed today. So so they'll they'll be they're exactly the same stage of their cycle. The five has a CL, a mature CL, yeah. and the four does not. So their fours and fives are about the same stage. We're scoring the, the repro track, making sure we have pelvic space, 150 square centimeters. Yes. And then you're able to say, hey, this tract is, is ready to go. This heifer's ready to be bred. And some of them we may need to, to grow them a little bit longer and then get them ready. Yes, we can, if we have enough of the lower scoring heifers and we deem it necessary, we can bump them up by using feed. Perfect. And so sort them out and use that to, to increase. I know uh, we score. have to go, but is that one of the reasons why we see some of these younger heifers being cold or the reason why they don't breed when we turn them right out is they just aren't there yet physiologically? Yes, exact reason. And so that's it, the importance of having, working that veterinarian and getting that repro track score before you're going to do turnout. Exactly. And it, it saves you money because if you wait to preg check time to call those out, you've got all the extra expense and feed into them at that time. You might as well put them in the feedlot or, or develop them out for feeding earlier in the stage instead of waiting until preg check time. Perfect. Folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more from St. Thomas, Missouri with Dr. Ray Stegman. Hey folks, welcome back to St. Thomas, Missouri with Dr. Ray Stegman and myself, Dr. Dan Thompson. We're here at Doc Talk and we're talking about replacement heifers. So uh, Dr. Stegman, let's get to some of the things like on your health program for these heifers, especially, you know, that weaning, post weaning, things to that nature. What are, what are some of the things that you're recommending today? Well, on our, on our weaning protocol um, on heifers, we'll recommend that you come in with a modified live viral vaccination and give them their first lepto at weaning time. And then when we do our track score, a lot of times that's the second time we have them in the chute. And we'll go ahead and hit them with a pre-breeding uh, modified live viral again. Yep. Uh, I think that's very important to set them up for the rest of their life in responding to booster vaccination. So that's something we, we really rely on. Uh, proper vaccination of replacement heifers. It's very important. And uh, so we, we stress that. And then also a good parasite control, progr control program because uh, you know we have seen some parasite resistance in the area. And so we, we do a lot of combination deworming using the white wormers along with our um, avermectins. And, and so we, we definitely wanna get the vaccinations done at least 30 days prior to breeding. We don't want anything to interfere with our AI or our breeding time. Right, so, so we're coming in at, at weaning and then we're coming back in at that 60 to, or 30 to 60 days prior to your, your breeding schedule or, and you're, you're also hitting them with that repro track scoring. Yes. Perfect. Yes. So on your parasite control, when are we doing that as far as the timing is? I mean, obviously we warm them when we got them caught. But, yes. uh, but, but what are some of your recommendations on that? So, so we like to deworm them at, at weaning time. Yep. And, um, and then again, at a yearling of age, you know, whenever they turn a year, that's when we, we like to re-deworm them. And in the fall of the year around here, we like to deworm, say after a hard frost. So that's another thing, it, it may vary 
on the group when we deworm. We may, if we're track scoring, let's say the 1st of October, we might wait and, and give them a wormer you know, a few weeks later. So if you don't mind, just kind of walk us through that timetable again, weaning to first breeding. Okay. So, so, so at weaning, we're going to hit them, but then how many days past that? Just kind of give us that timetable so that they can set that up with their veterinarian. Okay. So at, let's say six to seven months of age at weaning time yep. is when we give them the first round with their weaning vaccination. We'll add a lepto to that and then we'll deworm. Uh, a lot of times we do a combination deworm at that time as well. And then whenever they reach that 12 months of age, yep. that's when we will track score and, and do a pre-breeding pre exam and, and vaccinate them again at that time and, and deworm. Okay, and then the ones that are ready to go, they go. The ones that are a little bit behind, we're gonna give them some feed and catch them up. You bet. Actually, with some of the synchronization protocols now, we can, we can give them their, their last vaccination the day we set them up to, to breed because it takes 31 days to breed from the, from the start of that protocol. So a lot of times to save time through the shoot, you know, we try to do everything at once. And... Well, uh, to say that you've provided some information would be an understatement. This has been a great show. A lot of great information, folks, on, on what, what to do when you're selecting those heifers. Uh, setting them up for success, and we just appreciate you taking the time with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Humbling to have Dr. Stegman on the show. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian, and if you want to know more about what we do at DocTalk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson with Dr. Ray Stegman, and we'll see you down the road. <laughs>